they did it to me, man. They picked my favorite part of that whole movie and put that up on me. Amen. Good to see everybody here today. Welcome. Welcome to our Christmas at Valley service. Wasn't that a special worship time? Man, that was anointed. Fantastic. They worked really hard to put together that for us. Well, here at Christmas at Valley, we are going to be talking. We're going to have a step back, you know, because we've done some work, haven't we? We've put our Christmas story and our, our prophetic background, we've, we've done the work, haven't we? Went through the book of Isaiah. We laid the foundation for that. So we were ready. I mean, we were big time Christmas ready. And then last week, we talked about the Christmas story, broke it down for us, looked at what it was that God was trying to communicate to us. So I want to kind of step back here a little bit. Uh, in today's service, is to really just kind of look at the whole purpose. Can we do that? Let's take a look, because in the next few days and over the next week, we're going to be doing our traditions. We're going to be gathering with our families. We're, going to, we're buying gifts for one another, and we're, we're hoping to, you know, just t- even in the middle of all that's been going on, we're, we're hoping to kind of resurrect some of those, those experiences, those traditions, those joys that we really, really look forward to in our Christmas time. So, I want to start with tonight's uh, message title, and that is, what do you give to someone who has everything? What do you give to to, to people that have everything? And that's always the challenge, isn't it? At Christmas time, you start thinking about what you want to buy a gift for your friend or for your your spouse or for your children. And, uh, but especially, you know, those people that, uh, you know, they've got a lot of stuff. They've had a lot of stuff. You know, we live in a period of stuff, don't we? It's a bigger challenge. So, you know, what do you got out there? You've, you, you have to get creative, don't you? You have to start thinking outside the box. You can get like a, a program, a, a computer cr- program. That's always an easy one, right? You can just, boom, you can slap a, a gift card on somebody. Looking at technology, always looking at the, the freshest, newest technology. We, we kind of look at some of that stuff, the little gizmos. Last year, I got from one of my buddies, Randy, uh, a desktop vacuum cleaner. I thought that was awesome. And because I know he likes his stuff really, and it was really neat. I mean, it was a vacuum cleaner. So he was able to get all the dust and, and, and uh, work it all over. So he loved it. And I thought, man, that's a cool idea. And then, um, but you know, skinny jeans, when you think of that, that doesn't, it's not always a good idea, is it? When you think of particularly buying those things. Matter of fact, I just don't even understand that whole concept, but there it is. But of course, you know, things like that, they're risky when you start pushing that. But, you know, what, what, is, what works every single time, of course, is food, right? Food, you can always get somebody food. Get some fruits, nuts, maybe that, that uh, gift basket. Those gift baskets are awesome, aren't they? You know, you get the little crackers and the cheese and the different things, you know. That always works every single time. So if anybody's looking for any last-minute gift ideas, that works every time. Then you got the jelly or the fruit of the month club, right? The gift that keeps giving the whole year through. So those, there was kind of things. There, you know, so it, it, it's a challenge to give gifts to people that got a lot of stuff or, you know, you, just, you have to kind of push the envelope, don't you, when you think in those terms. But as they say, in the end, it's the what that counts. It's the thought that counts, right? You took a little bit of time to put into that. But tonight I want us to look at this whole idea differently. The fact is that when we can come to that point where we've run out of ideas, that tells us a little bit about our society. It really tells us a little bit about where we are in culture today. Perhaps that we've come kind of to this place where, man, we've got so many things. Have we really run out of things? Have we come to that absorption point where it's just like, yeah, you know, where are we in all of this? And the idea that we continue to yearn for something, it just kind of wears us out. And it 
And as a matter of fact, when you think about gifts of the past or, or even a gift that you just think about all the time, you think, man, I can't wait to have that thing, can't wait to have that thing. How many of you, just like me, you get it, and then it kind of wears off. You're like, well, now I got it. Because the whole idea of the, what? The anticipation of getting it was really the deal. So when I was a kid, I remember, it's kind of like that movie, one of my favorite movies, A Christmas Story. Do you, do you like that one too? About little Ralphie and all that. He, he talked about how Christmas, like their whole year, revolved around that Christmas time, right? And that, that's the whole idea. It's the anticipation. It's the thinking about the special thing that's coming. It's what gives it the joy. But again, I want to look at tonight and the whole idea of giving from a different perspective. What do you give to someone who has nothing? I want you to think about that for a moment tonight. See, all of us are human. We're human beings that relate to material things as we're often programmed to think. And so we've got, you know, often we might not even think we need something until somebody tells us I need it, right? <laughs> you need this. Oh, wow, I never even thought I needed that. But we're programmed to think in those ways. And that's okay. I'm not stepping on that. I'm, not, I'm just talking about, it's, it, in many ways, I was sharing with my kids the other day, it's the greatest time to be alive because of the gizmos, because of the gadgets, because of the things that we can do. It's amazing. So many wonderful opportunities of things that we can enjoy. But for sure, we begin to learn that it's not really about the stuff, is it? It's not really about the stuff. When we think we need something, but after a while again, we realize, could I have really done without that? I mean, at the end of the day, all we really need is food. We need water. We need shelter. <laughs> it's really what we need. Those are essential. But when you think of that, and how people are, we'll do anything to survive. You know, we'll do anything. And, and we're almost in a place right now in our culture today where we're almost being presented with the idea of, of, of a gift or something that we need, and the tables kind of get turned on us. And so we get to this point where somebody might come to us and say, you know, what would you do if I gave you a free house, wiped away all of your debt, Gave you free clothes and food and, and just took care of everything and you literally didn't have to do anything. I mean, who, 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 who of us would sign up for that? It'd probably be a lot of us. But what if they came back and said, but you can never see your family ever again? What would you do then? I mean, think about that. Think about the cost of having everything. Well, see, what's interesting is that the Bible actually teaches us something quite different. The Bible tells us that a person can, comes into this world with nothing, and we go out of this world with nothing. It's true, isn't it? You know, we can't take anything. We can't take money with us. We can't. I mean, think about that just for a minute. All real property, all the, the things that we've stored up, the land, the things that we've purchased, the things that we've stacked, the things we've accomplished. I was talking with Ben the other night. We were just, sometimes we just talk, and he gives me history lessons on music. He's kind of my music teacher, and he teaches me so many things. And, you know, we were talking about Bach, and we were talking about some of the greats. And I said, you know what's, what's amazing, Ben? I said that when those men died, they took it with them. And even though we have the written music, no one knows how Bach really performed it. No one knows. No one knows how Beethoven did what he did or Mozart. Never got a chance. They didn't have recording abilities in those days, did they? So they took those wonderful gifts, all that life of all of the learning and all that expertise. They couldn't take it with them. It's a, it's a sober thought that when we come into this world, 
we come with nothing. But you know what? That's not really true because we do come with one thing. We'll talk about that in a second. See, when we think about what to give to somebody that has nothing, can I, I really want you to think in those terms that really all of us, just because in the short life that we have, that we have a lot of stuff, we've done a lot of things, that we have this, but really that's not the end of the story. That's not how the story began and that's not how it will end. So really, we don't have much. And the beautiful thing about that is that God knows that. Because God gave us a gift that is the most glorious gift. And when we think about Christmas and we think about what it is that we're really celebrating here, folks, what we're really celebrating is the greatest gift that has ever, ever been given. And God had to ask that same question. What do I give to my children who have nothing? Because God definitely measures our life you know, from its beginning and to its end and the beginning of our eternity. And so God, he could have given us a lot of stuff, couldn't he? He could have done so many things. God could have just quite literally given us anything, but what he chose was to give us eternal life. And we need to see tonight that, folks, when we look at everything, we look at, we, we look at all the possible gifts that could be sitting under the tree for us. When we, we think about all the things that we might be yearning for, what we really, you know, the other night we were together and one of the staff said, you know, because we were talking about, okay, what are the, some of the things that we were kind of hoping that, that Santa Claus, quote unquote, would bring us? And one of the, the, the ladies said, I just would love to have a week on an island with no COVID-19. And we were just like, yeah, that's a good present right there. Really good. And we all said amen to that. But when we think of what God gave us, it wasn't just a something. <laughs> it wasn't everything. In John 3, 16, we know this verse. I'll read it again. But for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. See, when we think about this gift, folks, let's take a moment to just really reflect upon what it is that really, that really, what that really means. First, when God sent his son, he gave us a gift that solves our, one of our deepest needs, and that is for relationship. So we all look at our relationships in this world, and we have, we have family, we have loved ones, and it's interesting that, you know, in this world that we're beginning to see that that is a value, right? Because of people being pushed apart, being separated, having to safe distance and do all of that. It kind of strikes against one of our, the biggest felt needs of our lives. And what is interesting, and, and I'm, I just want to throw this out there because, you know, I'm proud of you for being here tonight. I'm proud of you for choosing to do this because you know what? What they have, they're starting to see is that those who have stayed together as the body of Christ, those who've come together and pushed through the fear and pushed through all of the, the struggle and all of this, they've been rewarded with an amazing amount of peace. They have found that people that have made the choice that we have made have far less depression, have far less struggle. Folks, I'm telling you, when we come together, you know, you know, and you super feel it on Thursday nights. I don't know what it is about Thursday nights, but it, it, you just feel yourself getting filled up. And that only can happen with human-to-human -human relationship. It's a gift. It's an amazing gift. 
But even more than that, see, God knows that about us. And so God gave us a gift in sending his son. Guess what he gave? He gave us himself. That regardless of what happens out there, and I'm not making any judgment about social distance or, or anything. I'm not making a judgment about that at all. All I'm saying is that when the chips are down and when we are struggling, when we do feel cut off and when we feel lonely, folks, we don't have to because God sent his only begotten son, that God has repaired our relationship so that we can be close to him. He's given us himself. That's what we have. You think about our daddy, how much he really does love us to do that. Greater love has no one shown than to die for someone. And how much more than a father who literally, his own son said, I'm going to send him to die for people who don't even deserve it. Amazing. Secondly, in what God did in sending this wonderful gift, he gave eternal life, didn't he? We talk about eternal life, we think about eternal life, but folks, you've got to understand that when the idea of death, which we know, you know, even in this time, you know, that's it, been elevated, it's been talked about, it's kind of been shoved at us in, in a way that we've had to look at our mortality, we've had to look at who we are, and, 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 and we've, you know, it kind of brings to the surface our, our own future. And yet we look at that, but for the Christian, for those who understand who we are, we know that life is but a blip. Life in this world is only just a breath, as the Bible calls it. We're just a breath compared to eternity. And God says, I'm going to take care of that. You will be with me forever. And think about this whole idea of relationship, too. Eternal life is not just living on a cloud. It's not just playing a harp all the time. It's not just sitting there living in some ethereal. No, no, no. The Bible tells us that we will be in fellowship with one another. The thought that I will be able, you know, as much as I love my children, as, love, as much as I love Andrea and my family, the thought of knowing the biggest thing inside me, that when I know that they know Christ, I'm going to see my dad again. I'm going to see my grandparents again. When, when I pass on, my children have the joy and the peace of knowing they're going to see me again, and we're going to be together forever and ever. What kind of a gift is that? that there's nothing that beats it. There's no computer break program that I know. There's no mechanical little toy under the trees that's going to beat that. Not even close. We see life as a gift here and now. And I'm not trying to diminish life as we experience it. You know, this is good. This is a gift. I mean, we've got to thank God for our life. None of us knows how long it'll be. And we will enjoy it the time that we have it. Because we know it is a gift from God. But you know what's cool? It's knowing that we have eternal life allows me to enjoy it more. Because if you spent your whole life worrying about your future, worrying, then can you really enjoy it? No, the fact is that the gift of eternal life and that knowledge and that peace about it allows me to just say, man, I'm going to enjoy my here and now. I'm going to enjoy my here and now. You know, Paul said something that is quite amazing. Listen to this verse. Because he was talking about eternity. And he said, if it is only for this life we hope in Christ, we are, of all people, most to be pitied. If Christianity is only about this life, you got to think about that for a minute and think, well, gosh, is, 
I mean, what about Buddhism? What about other religions? What about Hinduism? What about all the other isms out there? Isn't there something I could throw myself into for a temporary joy, a little something in the, the few short years that I live? Perhaps I can indulge myself in greater flesh and, and it maybe, but that's not what it's about. In fact, when we have the hope a relationship with our eternal God and knowing we're going to be with him forever. And when we know that, we, that, that he's got us wrapped in his arms, then we're able to look at this life not with a white-knuckled fist, but we can enjoy it and just say, you know what? As much as I'm going to get or not going to get, eternal life is going to wipe it all away. Not even close. Not even close. See, when I was a kid, I'll never forget that, the anticipation. You know, I was, you know we, we put our gifts under the tree way ahead of time, so we just torment our kids for, you know, weeks and weeks. But when I was a kid, you know, we did the thing where you didn't put them under the tree until that night, you know, for lots of reasons. But, it, you know, and you know the big reason I'm talking about. And so when you woke up in the morning, you're like, whoa, this is so awesome. You know, we were fairly poor, but my dad always found a way. We'd always have just tons of toys up under that tree. And man, we'd tear it open just like the movie, man. It just, you'd lose toys because they were buried up under all the, the, the paper. And I'll remember, never forget that. And then the rest of the afternoon into the early evening, you'd play with everything you had. By the next morning, you're like, what do we do now? You know? You might go through another round of playing with that stuff. And maybe another round. And of course, growing up in Michigan, you might get some outdoor toys that you couldn't enjoy until the spring. Or unless you got a sled, which occasionally happened. But I'll never forget how it didn't last. It never lasts. But folks, when you wake up on Christmas morning, and when all the gifts have been opened, and you've gotten that card, or you've gotten you know, your Jelly of the Month Club, you've gotten whatever it is that you're going to get, just remember that you've been given a gift that is an incredible gift. And you get to enjoy it now. You can open it now. But it's going to be a gift that every single day. We were just praying as a family about that. Lord, let us wake up every single day with just the overwhelming knowledge that doesn't matter what happens in this life. Not one worry. Not one care. Not one anxious thought. Because I belong to him. And my eternity is wrapped up in him. See, secondly, God gave us a gift that solves our problem with sin. See, when I said we were coming to this world with nothing, that, that's not really true. We actually do come into this world with something, but it's not really a good thing. You come into this world with sin. All of us do. We come into this world broken. We come into this world, you know, cut off, unreconciled, bound to disobedience. But by the grace of God and by an awakening and an understanding of the gospel, however it came through, through, through children's ministry or Sunday school or, or someone shared the gospel with us or however our story you know, came about, we came to a, a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and he came and he solved our problem with sin. Because sin is a problem. It is what is in this world and in the heart of mankind that makes it a real bummer. But God has solved that problem too. He came to deal with that. Our fallen nature. See, when you look at that little baby and we think about the nativity scene and we see that up there, just remember that little baby grew up. And that little baby became a man. 
And that man showed love and mercy. And he was the one who said, look, your sins are forgiven. And then he put it down. He laid it down. He made it real by dying on the cross for our sins. Folks, there's, there's, no, greater, there's no greater gift. He's dealt with. He's fixed our problem with sin. And I don't know, you know, we're tormented with different things. We, we, you know, we have to deal with our own shortcomings. All of us are bound up with selfishness. We're, we're being sanctified. We're, we're growing. We're changing. But, man, we've got that hope too, don't we? That he is going to day by day from glory to glory. And if we come and we bring that to him, he's going to help us. He's going to set us free with no condemnation. For there, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. He is always at work inside us. That power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. And he will set us free from the, the, in sin and death. Death and sin. The biggest gift that Jesus' sacrifice gives us, though, is the confidence that we have in God and that he is going to provide. He's going to provide everything we need. Now, that's not, that's not more than eternal life, but, I mean, the truth of the matter is we think in terms, we, you know, these are very real needs that we have every day. How are we going to survive? How are we going to go through these times? How are we going to be able to feed ourselves? But here, that's a beautiful thing, too, that in God, he promises that he's going to make sure we have everything we need according to his riches and glory. We have the riches. We have the prince. We have the king of kings. We have the one who's ready to care for our every need. You know, in the scripture, it talks about, well, it's not actually a biblical thing, but it's, a, it's something that we know. And you've heard this before, right? You give a man a fish, right? And you feed him for a day. But then you teach him how to fish, right? And what are you able to do? They're able to feed themselves for a lifetime. And we believe that. We see that. We know that's to be true. Is there a spiritual uh, equivalent to this? Absolutely. You give man food and drink, and he can enjoy this life. But you give him eternal life and truth then he can enjoy both this life and the one to come. See, God wants to take care of our needs. God wants to care for us. And yet, if we toil and we expect and we do things in our own strength apart from God, then yes, we might have the expectation of eternal life, but God wants it all to be one. God wants to say, look, I, I want you to start enjoying eternal life now. I want you to start enjoying my relationship with you now. I want you to enjoy being a king's kid now. All purchased on the cross for us. That's what Christmas represents. Is his care, his love, and not just, well, you know, heaven's waiting. It's not just that. It's that he wants to show his unbelievable, overwhelming. We, we sing about the reckless love. It's not really reckless. It just means it, it, in the man's eyes it's reckless because God does amazing things, overwhelming things, things that no one ever can imagine he could do. He's ready to do for us. They call them miracles, don't they? And then, folks, I want to finish with this. The final part of Christ's wonderful gift is that we realize in the end that it's much better to give than to receive. Isn't that right? We begin to realize that after the, 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 the whole Christmas experience, if we really let it take us, if we really then begin filled up with, with, with what Christ has done for us, and then we, that 
we're filled with a purpose. We're filled with, you know what? I'm going to be the gift. <laughs> I'm going to be the one who now takes what I have, uh, have opened on Christmas Day. I'm going to take what I know and am confident in, and I can continue to give it away to others and tell them about him. That's the gift that keeps on giving. God gives us purpose. God gives us joy. God gives us contentment. God gives us everything that we need in this life. And on top of it all, he gives us the opportunity to give it away. You're probably like me. You love the Grinch story, don't you? We all love the Grinch. We can sing the songs. You probably know most of the words. But I want you to remember that in that sublime message that underlies all of that in that Grinch story is what the Grinch learned in the end, didn't he? What he learned was Christmas was not about the gifts. That Christmas was not about the, 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 you know, the bangles and the lights and, the, and, and all the different things he listed off. I actually need to memorize some of those, don't I? The bomb binglers and bang blanglers and all this stuff. He said, that's not what Christmas is about. Because he saw the village all enjoying Christmas Day without any of it. And you know, it's interesting. You would have loved for them to go the whole way, right? And to tell everybody who's watching that television show or watching that cartoon to fight and to say, yeah, the reason why is because Christmas is not about all of that. It's about Jesus. It's about what Jesus did on the cross for us. It's what Jesus represents to the world, that God so loves us, that God reached out to us, that God has, is there right now in the history of mankind, in this era of what we would call the age of grace, there's not a single human being that has to go to hell. Not a one. Because of the gospel, because of the gift. So folks, I want to tell you right now, that's what Christmas is really all about. You can hear Linus telling us, reading right there in Luke 2. It's all about Jesus. It's all about us receiving him. It's all about us taking the gift that God so arduously, over hundreds of years in planning, well, eternity, he wrote it in the stars. He made it happen. And we live 2,000 plus years on the other side of it. And he's still leaving that door open for us to enjoy what it is that has been given. Folks, I'm telling you, right now, I don't know about you, but for me, this Christmas is going to be uniquely special. To be able to look at what God has given me and what I can put my hope in and know that whatever time we have left in this world, whether he comes again soon or not, I want to make sure everybody else knows about it. That when they're done playing with their toys, when their Fruit of the Month Club wears out, I got something for them. You've got something them that will last them forever. Amen. Amen. Let's stand up tonight. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on our online service. We want you to know that if you want more information about Valley Community Church, we'd love for you to visit our website. That's valleychurch.us where you can find more information about taking your next steps. We also have an app that you can download on your phone where you can find more information about Valley Community Church. We'd love for you to come on a Sunday morning and join us all together. We have 
lots of different services. We meet on Thursday night and we meet on Sunday at multiple services. Just go to our website. You'll find more information about when we meet and what those times are. Again, thank you for joining us and God bless you. We have a great day.